0: Well, guess what? There's a busy week coming up in the Victoria area, particularly at the legislature. We're going to learn more about those allegations of misspending by the clerk and sergeant at arms. Uh, That's been a story that's kind of been on the back burner for a little while now. We've been waiting for more details on that. Plus some changes legislatively as well for the provincial government. They want to shape some labor rules in our province. And of course... What are they going to do with the legislature about the price of gas? So to talk about all of these things and more, we're joined now by Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. Hi, Keith.
1: Hey, Simi. The circus is back in town today.
0: I, sounds like it. I was saying things are definitely ramping <laughs> up there. Uh, what, what's the deal with the um, the misspending at, with the clerk and sergeant at arms? What's happening with that?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's the final week of investigation by Beverly McLaughlin, the former Supreme Court Chief Justice. She's got uh, a deadline of Friday uh, to hand in her report to the three House leaders uh, for all three parties. Uh, I just checked. She hasn't asked for an extension. and doesn't. Nobody really seems to know what she's been doing. I don't get the impression that she's interviewed anybody in the legislature. She may have talked to Um, the the two principals, the former clerk and the former sergeant-at-arms, and perhaps the clerks, I have no idea, but nobody's saying much. Everybody's waiting to see what comes in on Friday. And then, of course, uh, the decision will be from the House leaders. What do they do with this report? Do they instantly make it public? Do they take it home for the weekend and and release it uh, sometime, Mm. uh, in days subsequent to that? And what happens if the, the lawyers get involved from the two employees? I mean, who knows where this is headed? So Friday's the deadline. Not sure we're going to get all the info on Friday, but that's when she's going to hand in a report.
0: Okay, that seems kind of vague, though. Like, if nobody knows, like, if she hasn't been interviewing everybody. Like, what does she do to do existing information that she already had?
1: Well, it's 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 a bit of a mystery. Uh, one of the things uh, at play here is there's no rule book that she can consult. Uh, there's no uh, there are a number of policies that determine spending, but uh, one of the things is that, that did they break the, the rules if the rules weren't really set down in ironclad language? So that's one of the the challenges. Challenges she faces, and I'm not sure if she interviewed those two because, you know, if you're in classic cases, if you're a lawyer and you represent one of those employees, most lawyers would say, "No, you're not talking to my my uh, my client." And we don't know if she's been able to break through that or not. So everybody's a little bit on tenterhooks over this thing because we have no idea which way she's going to go on it.
0: Right. That's that really has flown under the radar, though, hasn't it? Well, it has, and I think
1: everybody, almost by design, uh, the atmosphere around the legislature has been quite unprecedented because of what's been going on with this, and I think everybody was quite welcome to sort of take a big, deep breath and say, okay, it's going to go away for a while. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to, you know, consume ourselves tie ourselves and knots, wondering what's going to happen next. A professional's been brought in. That's one thing that was lacking before. You had this unprecedented situation where the Speaker was doing investigations, uh, and through his special aid and no party was really comfortable with that that this was this was a personnel matter and personnel matters are not are different than a lot of other matters and uh, that's sort of had a cloud over the legislature for some time i think people were comfortable with the fact that a pro like beverly mcgawkin was coming in and she was going to take over here and everybody else could sort of take a back seat and let Mm -hmm. her do her work
0: Right. Okay. So that's coming up at the end of the week. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about what else is going on uh, legislation-wise. What is it with this changing of the labor rules? What's up with that?
1: Yeah. So that starts today with uh, legislation changing the Employment Standards Act. The the B.C. Liberals, um, you know, the history of of labor law in this province is quite fascinating. Uh, The NDP government, Dave Barrett, actually brought in the first labor code in in the 1970s. Obviously, far more uh, sympathetic to, to unions than it than had existed any time previous. The Social Credit government came in under Bill Bennett, didn't change a huge amount of things, but Bill Vanderzam came in and, and really just turned it on its head and brought in a completely anti-labor labor code. Harcourt, the Harcourt government changed it back again. Campbell came in, didn't do a huge number of changes to to the labor code, but in employment standards, he did weaken some of the protection there uh, for workers and giving more what's called flexibility to employers and also controversially and I have no idea what this is going to be addressed this afternoon, lowered the age of when people could begin working uh, to I think to 16 or even earlier than that and that was a bit of an issue in the early part of the, or the first decade of the century. It doesn't seem to be a, much of an issue now uh, but I don't think the employment standards are going to be the big changes. It's the labor code changes and we're not sure when we're going to get those. This is, there's been a three-member panel has made a series of recommendations uh, but reading between the lines of the report, you get the impression they're also recommending don't go, don't have the pendulum swing hugely one way or uh, another. And it didn't really swing in a big way under under Campbell, but it swung a bit. And I presume it's going to swing back a little more to the labor movement as a result. The NDP's in power. The one thing we're keeping an eye on, I'm not sure we're going to find this out today mm-hmm. at all, whether or not uh, the the whole secret ballot is uh, is eliminated when it comes to certification drives for unions. Uh, the NDP wants that uh, gone, uh, but uh, Andrew Weaver and the Greens have said no. We don't won't support that. We think the secret ballot is uh, uh, fundamental to democracy. So that's going to be an interesting yeah. fight. Not sure that's going to happen this week, though. But it begins today uh, the process of rewriting the, the labor laws in BC, which is a key you know campaign commitment for the NDP. It begins today with some changes to the Employment Standards Act.
0: I guess when we have question period coming back too, we can expect a lot of discussion and back and forth about gas prices.
1: Oh, I would think that's got to be top of mind for uh, the Liberals. I'm sure there's other issues as well, but I mean, the Liberals have really seized on this issue, and I think they're having some success with it about demanding that the government take some action. Even though the NDP is discovering now that they're in government, it's a lot harder to find the answers to this thing when they were in opposition. Our friend Mike Smith has been um, gleefully tweeting old videos of John Horgan in, in the legislature in Hansard when he was in opposition, when he had a lot more hair and it wasn't as gray as it is now, uh, demanding that the government take action on ga- on gas prices, demanding they lower uh, gas tax, gas price, uh, gas price, taxes, mm-hmm. uh, that they begin looking at regulation, all things that he now rejects as the premier. So, uh, S- Smitty's been having some fun pointing out uh, <laughs> what you say in opposition doesn't necessarily mean what comes true in government. And I, I would be very surprised if the Liberals didn't try to jump on that issue today. There's no easy, I think, made it clear, there's no easy fix here. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's a nice populist issue for, for the Liberals yeah. to try to take hold of.
0: And I wonder, do you think they're gaining some traction? Are they getting some traction by doing this? I think
1: there's always going to be frustration at the pump when people look at their, their, their the bill and go, whoa. And they're automatically, I think the default position is blame the government. And because the government does take 35 cents a liter from you uh, for various taxes, which, you know, go to build transit and transit lines. And um, it's not like it, it disappears into the ether. Um, the money's used for something. But uh, people are now focusing, I think, having their attentions brought to the fact that the number, the amount of taxes you pay on your liter of gas is noticeable now. And it's uh, there's anger at the pumps, and I think the liberals are probably benefiting from this. And I detect a bit of, not desperation on John Horgan and the NDP's, uh, a part, but certainly some a little apprehension because, just born in the fact, he keeps changing his position. At first, yeah. he, he seemed to suggest maybe there's some taxation relief. Next day, no, nope, that's not going to happen. Then he suggested that uh, there should be regulation. And then he realized, no, nope, that's not going to happen. I discovered we can't really do that. Then he suggested a refinery be built. And then the next day, no, nope, uh, maybe it should be built in Alberta. Uh, all of which tells me there's no real game plan uh, that, the, uh, possessing, that the NDP possesses on this issue. And I also find it somewhat ironic that a party that has got a fairly bold and aggressive uh, plan to fight climate change would be advocating building yet another really? refinery to f- process even more fossil fuels. Those two don't add up.
0: I saw that, people pointing that out, and I thought, you yeah, know, well, that's a very, very good point. Uh, are they very sensitive, though, I guess, Keith, to any issue having to do with affordability? Because, after all, yep. that is what tipped that last election.
1: Exactly. They ran on that issue, and they, that's why they're in power, and that's why things like this can get away from them. The price of gas is a, a big part of every, uh, many, many people's household budget. And now it's getting to the point where you're really noticing a Uh, the the boost in price that you're paying is significantly higher for many people than it was just a few weeks ago. And that goes to the heart of the affordability issue. And I think the liberals will continue to try to exploit that. Not that the liberals have any answers here either. I do find it ironic that the so-called free enterprise party is demanding that the government step in and, and interfere with the marketplace, which is another irony on this story as well. But affordability is a nice issue to run on, but if you can't deliver it, it can come back to bite you.
0: Sure can. Well, you're going to have a fun week. All right. It's going to be lively. (laughs) Thank you, Keith.
1: All right, Sydney, take care.
0: That's Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, giving us a preview of what is ahead this week in Victoria because they're all back at work.